Listening to KBOO Portland, the time is seven o'clock, and next is keeping it real. Tonight would have been uh, episode twenty, and we are airing episode one. So this is uh, kind of going back uh, to about a year and a half ago when the show first started. So stay tuned for keeping it real next. February 13, 1983, KBOO Community Radio held an open house to celebrate moving into a building that we could come to own here at 20 Southeast 8th Avenue. Join us Tuesday, February 13th for the 35th anniversary of the open house moving in party. Food, drinks, tours, and memories will be on hand as we celebrate 35 years in this building and 50 years of KBOO. That's the 35th anniversary open house, Tuesday, February 13th, 5 to 8 p.m., here at your community radio station, KBOO Portland. More information can be found at 50yearsofkboo.fm. KBOO is a drop-off site for art supplies from now until March 5th. We're collecting them to support the walk entitled Water is Life for Those Yet to Come. The walk aims to address climate change, discuss renewable energy options, and also to share the learnings of Standing Rock with our youth. The walkers will stop by schools and community centers to engage the community in creating murals, expressing identity, and visions for the future. Art supplies needed for creating murals include Nova Color acrylic mural paint, rollers, trays, buckets, and more. Please bring your art supply donations to KBOO at 20 Southeast 8th Avenue, Monday through Friday from 9 to 5, from now until March 5th. More information about the supplies needed and the walk can be found at kboo.fm slash waterislife2018. Listening to KBOO Portland. This is Keeping It Real. Tonight we are re airing uh, the very first episode of the show. Uh, tonight would have been episode 20. Nick and Arona are out of town, so here you go, folks. This is back to uh, August 2016. Uh, Keeping It Real.
I reach beneath the skin of the street with each step, walking closer to my final destination of death. When I'm laying the rest, I'm only saving my breath. The Northwest fills the lungs, kills the pain in my chest. Take six quarters out of the pocket and drop it in the box. Hello and welcome to Keeping It Real, a brand new radio show on the KBU Airwaves. I'm one of your hosts, Nikki D. What's up, y'all? This is Aron. We are excited to welcome you to the first episode of Keeping It Real. Keeping It Real is a talk show, and our goal is to educate and to offer a forum to people for people to speak about the truth and stay open-minded and inclusive. On Keeping It Real, we take a look at the local, national, and global news that are ignored in the mainstream American media. We shed light on what's happening at the grassroots level in our neighborhood of North Portland and take a critical look at the good and the bad. And we highlight professionals working with youth towards social change, but also empowering people in their communities. This is a show focused on sharing the perspectives of youth, and we will invite local guests on from North Portland, Portland and the Pacific Northwest, including Seattle, to share their insights, but also their music and artistic talents. Today on the show, we are going to discuss the news that did not make it onto the mainstream media, and we will also interview a man who was involved in the community in more than one aspect. His name is Hyde Brown. Also, we, are very, we have a very special guest here with us, Mario, who is a student and also going to be our producer in the near future. He's a, a young man from North Portland who has experienced many things in his journey so far. Welcome, Mario. Yeah, what's up, bro? Yeah, well, my name is Mario. Uh, I'm currently a senior this year at Roosevelt High School. You know, I'm trying to, you know, probably get a good career out of, you know, starting to produce, probably shadow somebody. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, since this is our first show, um, I'm going to introduce myself first, and then I'm going to give Nick a chance to introduce himself. Um, so my name is Aron. I'm a 27-year-old black man who has gone through the U.S. educational system and has experience living in three different cultures, Eritrean, Yemeni, and American. I am someone who serves youth, and I want to bring their voice to the table and explore music, culture, and with them to create more understanding and culture sensitivity and consciousness. Go ahead, Nick. Introduce yourself, please. My name is Nicky D. Yeah. <coughs> I'm 17 years old, I'm Hispanic and white, and I live in North Portland. I'm all about shining light on what's real and bringing change. I also want to be able to have public conversations with my people and share their talents on the air. Thank you, Nick, um, for sharing. Now let's turn into the commentary on the news and what did not make it in the mainstream media. Nick, what do you want to talk about first? Uh, I don't even know. Um, Let's talk about how should police be able to block your social media. Okay. So um, in the case of Corey Gaines in Baltimore, I don't know if y'all heard about this, but um, uh, apparently the, the the police asked Facebook to take down uh, her video uh, right before they shot her. And an hour later, um, their excuse was that she was being distracted by by her followers yeah. and that they were giving her bad advice. What do y'all think about that? Should police have the power to control your social media outlets? No. I really don't think so. Mm -hmm. Because with that video, they was just seeing what was going on and they didn't... Uh, 
I feel like maybe they they was trying to do something wrong or had an idea of doing something wrong, so they didn't want that to be filmed. Okay. What about you, Mario? What do you think? Uh, I mean, I think that, like, lately police been, like, doing way too much and, like, messing with people. It's like, in this case, like, asking Facebook to take down their page, and it's like, why? If, like, it's just Facebook, it's social media, like, why? If it's going to get out in the news sooner or later, why? Like, you must have been doing something bad mm-hmm. to that person for you to, like, like contact Facebook and then try to take down their page, you know, because there must have been something wrong there, you know. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, it's it's funny to me to think that we have certain freedoms, but if it's controlled, like if they set parameters on your freedom, then should we really even call that a freedom? Right. You know, um, if they're tapping into your uh, personal profiles and, and, and controlling what you put out there, um, there is no integrity in that, I believe. Um, you know, unless it was like somebody's safety in, in line, but it, I feel like this is a tool for people to, you know, to, to protect themselves also, to record police, to see that. Uh, there are good cops out there, obviously, but at the same time, like, if somebody is mistreating you or not following the law, then you should be able to protect yourself in that aspect. You're right. What what about um, you know like social media? There are a lot of positives of it, obviously, um, but there is also a lot of negatives. I see. Um, I'm an educator, and I'm not on the radio, of course. And I see a lot of kids. You know, let's say they get in the fight, and you see kids just pull out their phones and record the fight instead of stopping it. Or, you know, so uh, what do y'all think about that phenomena? If you got to think about it. If it's you and you're getting beat up, you're going to want somebody to stop that and not just recording it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, another thing, too, is, like, I noticed, too, like, how people, you said that they don't stop the fight. They take, take off their phones and film it. And, like, I think, like, social media, like, is a problem for that because some people are just trying to upload it and get views and probably get famous, all that, because they're uploading videos of people fighting. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's like, I guess it's on us also to educate and um, teach um, responsibility around utilizing, uh, you know, technology and media. Um, and uh, um, let's let's switch uh, topics real quick and and let's talk about um, this fourteen-year-old by the name of Brisha Meadows. Um, she shot her father in his sleep because he was abusive to her and to her mother. Um, and now she is facing life in prison. And she's only 15 now. Um, what do y'all think about that? I think they need to look into the past and see if there's any times that the police have been called on him before. Uh-huh. And um, also use that in, like, giving her a sentence. But, like, on a personal level, I know... It's got, it's got to be hard to see your mom going through that. And mm-hmm. so... Yeah, and, and there is prior um, news to, of, of her running before. This is not... Like, she ran away from the household before because um, her dad was abusing her. And the gun she used happened to be the same gun that her dad used to threaten her mom before. Yeah, you're right. I mean... I guess she had, like, a certain breaking point where she couldn't take it no more. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, it, like, had to come 
to a certain like point where like it stopped and I guess you like reached that because I mean if, if there was like domestic violence going going on in the family and she was having this for like however many years it was going on for like I think that her trauma was way worse than you know she had to do what she had to do mm-hmm. yeah and for a child uh, to pick up a gun and to shoot somebody it must have been a lot that happened to this poor girl yeah. um, she was only 14 yeah yeah well you know I, I wish um, healings um, and positive vibes upon that you know upon that little girl and I hope the best for her um but yeah, let, so let's switch directions, um, and and let's talk about um, this new thing that we're gonna start in our future sh- uh, episodes of the show. Um, we're gonna call that question of the day, where we will ask you listeners to call and share a specific experience, thought about some topic discussed that day on the show, um, and and you know hopefully we'll get that feedback from you. And thank you, boys, for sharing um, your thoughts on keeping it real. Um, this is Aron. This is Nikki D. We are this Mario. Um, and we'll be back after this break. We're going to play you um, a song by uh, Blue Scholars. And the song is called Lemire. <laughs> Twice if you hear me, 
three times if you feel me Whether your hands are artillery now And we're back, just keeping it real. I'm Nikki D. I'm Aron. Um, the song you just heard was La Mare by Blue Scholars. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about Blue Scholars, y'all. This is like one of my favorite He bands. sweats them every time we're in the car. Hey, let me tell you. Everybody so, has that band that they listen to all the time. That was Blue Scholars for me. I started listening to them back, back in the day when Nikki D was just Little Nick. Uh, this was back in 2004. That's when I heard them for the first time. And they're uh, a band located in Seattle, Washington, um, where I'm from. Uh, they basically talk about all issues from immigrants' experiences to racism to classes. Um, they talk about revolutions. One of the DJ, uh, the DJ is from, he's Persian, and uh, the, the MC is Filipino. And so they both bring different perspectives also from around the world. Um, their music is very, very socially conscious. And so I gravitated to it at a very young age. But anyways, to steer the wheel differently right now, um, I wanted to talk about something that's been buzzing all over the media. Um, and, and that's one thing we're going to do, too. We're going to just talk about some issues that are um, interesting to us. Um, how many of y'all know the athlete uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick? Yeah. You, you both know him, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, I don't know if y'all heard, but he did not stand for the uh, national anthem. And he is getting crucified about it all over yeah. social media. There's people burning his jersey too. Yeah, how <laughs> he got. Yeah, so I, I I don't know. I thought that was funny um, because um, when I looked at his reasons to why he didn't stand up, he said that as a black man in the United States, he didn't feel like the treatment that people from even different ethnic backgrounds. Um, receive and it's not everybody, but um, on multiple occasions, and and we've been seeing that more often in the news. Um, you know, whether it's police brutality, whether it's racism, um, we still experience those things here in the United States, and it's not all perfect. Um, and it's 2016, almost 2017 now, and so he believed that um, by standing. For, during the national anthem that he wasn't he wasn't being true to himself and a lot of people took it as disrespect towards veterans and 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 you know just this the uh, America as a nation um what was your thoughts about that well when when I was at a game in Seattle and they were singing the national anthem it was so many people around me who didn't stand up and I was like and, and like now that I think about it it's like a lot of people don't stand up just because they don't want to. It doesn't mean that they are against the U.S. or nothing. Like He he did it because of what he believes in. And the only reason that they're making such a big deal is because he's an NFL player. Mm-hmm. And the spotlight's always on him. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about it, Mario? Uh, okay, Um, we'll take a call real quick, Mario. All right, yeah. to hold on. What's up, John? Hi, hey, I'm really uh, proud of you, young men. Great show. Uh, 
Thank Congratulations you. Congratulations on getting enrolled. I'm very impressed. Thank you. Thank and, you. Uh, remember, uh, if you're going to be 17, or excuse me, 18 by November, I believe it's 8th, uh, the election, mm-hmm. you, can, you can register online, and they'll mail you the ballot. you got 30 days, and I grab all the, the free newspapers around town, uh, Mercury and Willamette Week, uh, Portland Observer, Scanner, and uh, they'll have their recommendations. Okay. And, and uh, hey, I'm so, so impressed by you young men's uh, maturity. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And keep up the great work, huh? Thank you. We appreciate it. Um, okay, you take care. Yeah, you too. And we, have, we also have Thomas on the line. What's up, Thomas? Thomas, are you online? Thomas, I got Okay. Okay, well, we'll just continue. Um, go ahead, Mario. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. What, what, what was your thoughts on that? On thoughts on... Uh, uh, well, I mean, everybody's their own person. And, like, honestly, I... And, you know, people are going to think what they want to think. And, you know, I mean, he took a stand. I mean, like, some of us, like, don't really get, like, our voice heard like he can. You know, mm-hmm. and he's a football player. He like he got fame, he got more things and more like tools yeah. than most of us. So, yeah. you know, I'm glad that like at least somebody took a stand. Thank you, Mario. Um, Thomas, are you online with us? Yeah, I am. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. How you doing? Great, and you? Good, good. Thank you. So, what? one quick question I had was uh, for Mario. Um, I'm interested to learn about your perspective being a teenager in North Portland as a Hispanic male. I'm also Hispanic, and I'm just curious about how you're experiencing the gentrification in North Portland and living in Portland, which is a city that every day is becoming wider. So if you could just share your experience, that'd be great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, well, I mean, lately around my neighborhoods, I've seen, like, a bunch of people moving out, you know, new people moving in, and it's just, like, crazy to see it. Like, I'm to myself, lately I've been thinking, like, dang, is this going to happen to me? too am I gonna have to like look for a new place you know and then lately I see my parents like uh stressing but they don't you know they don't want me to like really know about it but you know I don't know it's just like I think it's wrong that that that's what happens to like minorities and you know they raise the rent you know like what do we do after that you know like I came here my parents brought me here so they can give me a better future, but like, you know, it's just, it's making it harder for me, you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and Thomas, we also have Nick. Nick is also uh, of Hispanic background, um, so I would like him to also share his his experience with it. I'm I'm not really sure what to say. Um, I know on a on a block that I grew up in with uh, on my grandma's block, it's a lot of uh, white people on that block and um, I think there's like one other Hispanic family that lives down the street and that's all and even in the, uh, the apartments that I live in with my mom it seems like more and more people are moving out and other people's moving in yeah yeah and and gentrification is one of those um, beasts that takes uh, uh and a, a population to change it's not just one person cannot change that 
um, but together mm -hmm. we can. Um, so, you know, if, if you write your representatives and, and let them know how you feel about it so that um, youngsters like Nick and, and Mario um, could remain in their homes, could have the same opportunities as, as other kids mm -hmm. in these neighborhoods and not have to be forced out of there. Um, it takes all of us to do to make something like that happen. So if you're listening out there, you know, please take the initiative. Um, and also vote. Voting is important. Um, you know, a lot of the times, uh, if, if we don't go out there and vote, then we, we really cannot change much. So go out there. Talk to your representatives. Go to the city hall and let them know how you feel. Um, it's, it's really important. You can't just... Yeah, and, and thank you, Thomas. We appreciate your question. And if you all listeners out there, if you want to call and give us feedback, we would love to hear from you. Um, uh, is there a number they could call? 503-231-8187. Thank you, Delphine. All right. Now, we're going to carry on with our conversation about Kaepernick. You brought a really good point, Mario, and you said that um, an athlete at his stature has a platform. And that's one thing that us day-to-day -day people might not have. And so for him to stand up um, for people like us, I think is very important. Um, when he did it, um, based on his explanation, he didn't do it to disrespect veterans. He didn't do it to disrespect, um, you know, freedom or all these people out there who are sacrificing their lives and their day-to-day uh, the, uh, day -day, uh, family. Uh, to you know to to give us these freedoms that we have but what he did expose was um the same thing that I think Donald Trump exposed which is the hidden um the the, the hidden racism in America um not everything is perfect and us people of color and different ethnic backgrounds we are lucky to be here in this land because we do get a lot of different freedoms we do um you know, I'm able to speak my mind freely and, and not be crucified over it. But at the same time, uh, for somebody like Kaepernick, it broke my heart to see how people were burning his jerseys and um, and ridiculing him for his own personal belief. I feel like that's a, a constitutional right, freedom of speech. You have the right mm. to not stand up and drink the national anthem because that's how you feel. You should not be crucified over that, you know? But... Yeah. I don't know. What do you, is, is there anything else you'd like to add about this topic? I mean, people people always stand up for a change, and people there's always when people say that um, the U.S. is this, the, U, the U.S. is that. But at the end of the day, if you go somewhere else, I don't think that you're really going to get the freedom that you have here. Mm -hmm. And no matter what people say, basically the U.S. is always going to have more freedom for you. So no matter how messed up you think it is you can walk down the street and pretty much do whatever you like and not get into like legally and not get in trouble yeah that is true uh mario is there anything else you'd like before we go into this next music break oh uh, yeah like i thought to myself that you know some uh artists like rappers they don't really want to get into like topics like that because they're afraid to like lose fame and like seeing Kaepernick do it like you know it's like he's actually using his voice and these rappers like ain't they ain't using their voice when everybody's listening so I mean you know I'm glad to see that somebody's actually like pays attention to what's really going on and not like 
blinded by the fame and the money, you know? Yeah. Because that's what most people, like, once they have, like, money, you know, they stay quiet because, you know, that's how they're, like, living. But, you know, to see somebody like that, you know, it's, like, it's good to know that, you know, you're not alone. Yeah, that's true. Um, thank you so much for your uh, thoughtful insights, and thank you for your call. Um, thank you, Nick, for sharing your thoughts, and thank you, uh, Mario, for sharing your thoughts as well. Um, you are listening to Keeping It Real with Aron and Nikki D and Mario. Um, we're gonna take another music break. Um, this song is called Pride, and it's by Kevin Gates. Trying to figure out why he died 
And we're back, just keeping it real. I'm Nikki D. This is Mario. And I'm Aron. And that was Pride by Kevin Gates. And um, like Aron did with the Blue Scholars, I'm going to tell y'all, like, I listen to Kevin Gates. Um, I don't know, something about his music. And, like, when you watch a video, hit one of his music videos, he's actually, like, rapping about, like, there's a song called Got It Out the Mud or something like that. And he worked on his own and did all that. And another reason I wanted to play him is because I know that you don't really hear a lot of his songs on the radio other than two phones or really, really. Yeah. But you wanted to show the, the conscience side of his music? Yeah. Okay. Cause I just think he's some violent person. like. <laughs> okay. Well, now we're going to go into the next segment, which is our interview. Um, we are going to um, talk about, or we are going to listen to uh, the interview that we had with... Uh, Hyde Brown, um, who's a coach and uh, a security guard at our school and also um, the gang outreach. Um, he mentors many youth in Portland, and um, we're going to play you the interview we have with him. The work I do is gang outreach and youth advocacy, and it's more gang prevention. So we're out in the community wherever the kids are and give them information on just staying positive and staying out of gangs and just staying out of trouble, period, and not just gangs, just, just overall youth advocacy and making sure they're making the right decisions. I coach a youth wrestling program at Grant High School called Portland Inner City Wrestling. What made me choose this path is I grew up in this community and seeing the deterioration of the community and how it's gone down I felt it is my job just growing up in this community to give back and to bring this community back to where it was before, where everybody could walk around with their heads up and speak to everybody and trust everybody. Just seeing some of the kids and knowing that we've changed those lives and having one kid who's been shot come back and say, thank you for everything that you've done and making positive changes towards either getting their diploma, their GED, and actually going back to school and holding a full-time job. So just those rewards of having those kids come back and thank you for the work that you've done and the positive influence that you've had on their lives is the most gratifying thing. If you could give any piece of advice to the listeners out there, um, what would it be? Listen. It would be listening to the people that are your elders, your parents. They're not there to tell you something wrong. They're there to guide you to make sure you either make the right decisions or make the right decisions that they didn't make in their lives that was a lesson so they could tell you, hey, I've been there before, I've done that, don't do that. Won't you try this way so you don't get in trouble, you don't end up in prison, jail, community service, whatever. And now to talk about your wrestling a little bit. Um, how many kids do you coach? And if you just could think about a number on top of your head, <laughs> I know it's a lot. Probably touch about the beginning of the season to the end, which starts in September and goes until July, 45 to 50 youth, ages four, five years old up to 18. For me, for wrestling, it gives them consistency. If I'm there every day 
and open up the gym at this time and close it at this time, they know that that's a place they can come. If they don't come to practice that day, they still know that I'm there. Um, like I said, just for most of these kids, it's just being consistent and giving them something to do for some of the ones that have a little extra energy, gives them something to do, something to burn off that energy. <laughs> and how long have you coached? Off and on for about 20 years. Wow. So that's a lot of experience, huh? Just a little bit. <laughs> have you had any, like, adult wrestlers come back and, and get back to your program? Uh, not quite yet, because yeah. I started the youth program about nine years ago. Okay, so there's so. They're just getting up into high school. In fact, I'll probably have my first graduate this year. So, Have you guys been outside of Portland to wrestle? Yes, we've been all over. Um, we've been to Wisconsin. We've been to Minneapolis. We've been to Chicago, uh, Idaho, Las Vegas, Reno, California. Just trying to give these kids an experience outside of their comfort zone, which is their community and um, you talked about comfort zone um, how important is it for youth and even just for adults in general to step out of that it's good because it shows growth once you can get out and function in something that you're not comfortable doing it shows that you've grown and you can extend and you have goals and you're moving forward once you get stuck in that little bubble you become almost like institutionalized where Everything you do is within that bubble and you don't do anything else. You don't try anything else. You don't go beyond these boundaries or anything like that. So just being able to go outside and do that, it just shows a lot of growth. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to leave for our listeners, our youth, our adults out there? Just stay positive and, like I said, listen to the adults. Listen to people that have walked in those shoes already. They're, you know, trying to help you make the right decisions and don't, get mad when they tell you something that's right. Mm. Thank you, Mr. Hyde. Thank you. You just heard the interview with Mr. Hyde Brown. Um, this is a man who does a lot of work with youth um, all over Portland, really. Um, Portland, Gresham, um, Calacamas. Um, he's all over the place. Uh, Hyde is a coach. He has over 20 years of experience coaching, six years of experience with gang outreach. Um, he's a walking library of knowledge. He's done a lot of work for our youth, including the two young men that are sitting with me today. So I'm going to direct this question at both you, Nick, and Mario. What are your experiences working with Hike? Well, I mean, like, since I met Hyde when I first went into PIC, um, like, I really didn't know him, and, like, I didn't know his like background story you know like it was just like you know it's a school security guard you know and until like I started seeing that there was like this boys group where everybody just sat around and there was adults and they just sat all the teenagers down and they talked and they're like what you want what y'all want to talk about you know and I remember him talking about like his experience and what he had to go through and his wrongs you know Mm-hmm. And his struggles, and you know, and it like the things he says and the way he like puts it together, it just makes you stop and think, like, yo, like, you know, this ain't no joke. Like, he really makes you think about it, like, think before you act, you know. And he's not just saying that just to say it, you know, he's saying it because, you know, he already knows, he already went through, like, 
you know, the mm-hmm. struggle, you know, he knows how it is, so he could tell you, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What about you, Nick? Ah, he's cool. I mean, he's not he's not just a security guard or another person at the school. It's like he's actually, he, no matter how he acts with you or how you see him, he, he everyone knows that, like, he's there for you. And I know um, if a kid has an interview, he'll help them get to that interview or they have somewhere to be, that he'll help them get there. And um, with me, he's always been there, and we've always, like, messed around and been cool. Yeah, that's that's really cool. And and me working with Hyde, I'm a young guy, so I'm still picking his brain all the time and asking him how would he handle certain situations, and he's always got great advice. Um, but more than that, I've always seen him go the extra mile to support youth in whatever they need. Um, like you said, whether it was getting them to an interview or, like, family crisis, um, he's always been um, working so hard. He even drove all the way out to Minnesota to get his kids to a wrestling tournament, so that shows his dedication. Um, anyways, for the viewers out there, um, if y'all want to give him a shout-out, go ahead and call POIC or Rosemary Anderson. Um, and and now um, some, of the, some of the things that he brought up in, his, in the interview um, that stuck out to me were consistency. Um, across the board, I think it's very important to be consistent, um, whether it's your day-to-day life um, or, you know, at, at work, uh, being consistent and being there for youth. So if you deal with youth, be consistent, be there for them. Um, and if you were one of those young kids who's listening, listen to what your parents are telling you. 90% of the time, 99% of the time is something that they've been through that they don't want you to go through. Um, and then step out of that comfort zone. And that goes to everybody. Step out of your comfort zone. You are going to go nowhere if you stay comfortable. Being uncomfortable, the constant change is what gets the learning. That's the learning experience there. Um, I know it's, it's, it's easy sometimes. It's easier to be comfortable. It's easier to just do the same things. But every now and then, change it up. Go to those uncomfortable places and learn more about yourself. Now... We are going to go back into more news, and we're going to talk about. Um, I saw Eritrea. That's where I'm from, y'all. Um, uh-huh. I saw that on the news, and, and so I clicked on it. Nick, I know you're laughing over here, but this is a very serious one. On one day, forty more than forty boats were rescued off the coast of Italy on the Mediterranean Sea. Over ten thousand people rescued from those boats. Um, due to the conditions in Eritrea, people have been trying to leave. Um, and people, when they're when they're interviewed, a lot of those refugees said that it is better. And I want you guys to put yourself in their shoes right now. It is better to go on a boat that's overcrowded. Okay, and these are like rafts, and and you know not, they're not like huge. Yachts like and yachts and, uh, and 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 ferries and stuff. No, they're like little airboats. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's better to go on a crowded one, okay, with your kids, with everything you own in life. To an uncertain, they're not seat. even able to bring something. Like if it's that packed, they're yeah. not. They're leaving their stuff behind. Yeah, and it's like they're, they're going into the sea. Okay, they don't even have. They don't know where they're headed. 
uh, they don't even know the person who's who's navigating the boat. They don't know if they have experience or anything. They're just some smugglers taking them across. But they are willing to put their lives on the line for that than to stay home because of how the conditions are. What comes to your minds as two young men with all the opportunities and everything that's present to you? What comes into your mind when you hear something of that severity? It, it's really, like I couldn't really say that I've been in that position, but I know that I will never want to. But just leaving everything that you have in a life and just taking off because it's something that's bad, I feel that if I had it in my power, I would help them get here, help mm-hmm. set them up. Yeah. That's because you're a nice guy, Nick. I appreciate I you for that. What about you, you, Mario? Dang, I mean, I don't know. I see, like, like you just said that they're like, it's better to go on a crowded raft and nothing. And I mean, you know, like I said, people like, they got to do what they got to do sometimes, you know? You know, they yeah. got to weigh out the options and, you know. Yeah, if there's a chance to make it, then that's what they'll take. Yeah, it's yeah. just trying to look for opportunities, like a better life, you know? Yeah, Cause yeah. You know, if they have, like, their own family, you know, they don't want them to go through that. So they're going to look for opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. And it just it just breaks my heart because a lot of those people don't make it too, you know. Yeah. Imagine these are 10 people that were rescued and they were lucky. Um, there have been a lot of people passing and some were some of my family members as well. Um, and so it's, it's, it's really painful, but at the same time, um, I understand why they do that because the conditions are unlivable and then you know i'm lucky to be here because mm-hmm. i get to you know i get yeah. to, i get opportunities i could go to work i know there is a meal at home when i get there you know um and then there's a, a, a on the other hand uh this is some some good news the first u.s cuba commercial flight landed today in in, in cuba um and this is after 50 years of U.S. And, and, and Cuban diplomatic relationships being on shaky ground. What do y'all think about that? It's great. Yeah? We all need to work together in this world. Mm. Right, you know? Everybody got got to start somewhere, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good beginning. You know, Cuba is, is a, um, a beautiful country, um, at least from what I see and what I read about it. Um, and so I'm really glad that the United States and Cuba are on good terms again. Um, but yeah, anyway, so now I'm gonna move. I'm gonna move on, and I'm gonna start asking y'all questions. Cause you know, oh, hold, on, hold on, I have a question for you. What was your experience like coming over here, and the reason that y'all came here? Okay, um, and leaving everything. Man, you kind of took my question. <laughs> That's what I was planning on asking y'all. But no, um, my experience coming to the United States was uh, interesting. I was. I'm from Eritrea, my parents are at least. I was born and raised in Yemen. Um, in Yemen, you know, we were treated very well w- with our neighborhood. You know, our, the people were very nice to us and we grew up as one of their own. Um, but when it came to society over there, no, we, we were not equal, we were sec- second class citizens. Uh, by second class citizens, I mean um, that we knew that it was for certain once we got past high school, we couldn't choose what field we wanted to go into, even if we would get accepted into a college there, simply because of who we were, where we were from. It wasn't even because of our credentials or, you know, what we could accomplish. Um, and so my parents, um, 
tried everything in their power to get us here and they succeeded. We moved here in October, right after 9-11, so that the, the security at the airports were like heightened. I remember as little kids, when we got to London, they separated all of us from our family and put us in different rooms and huge men with guns and ammunition and, and, and you know, like military outfits interrogated us. I was only 12 years old. I didn't even speak English at that time, so it was like a crazy, scary time. And I know you're laughing, Nick, because it, it is funny. You make me about. seem like I'm just a rude person. I'm not even laughing. No, no, Nick is a great guy. But no, it was just, um, it was crazy to think about because it was just like, you know, I didn't know what to say to these men because they're sitting there speaking to me in English. They didn't even give me a translator, and I'm this tiny, you know, uh, 12 year old. So it, it was, 12. yeah, it was really interesting. Um, but luckily, we made it to Seattle, and we, we had a lot of good experiences growing up there. Uh, went to school, went to university, and now I have the chance to work with a lot of gifted youth, including you two. Uh, but now let me ask you the same question. Um, what's, what's your stories? What are some of the, the hardships you faced growing up? I know, Mario, you're, you're an immigrant, and, and, and Nick, I know your dad is from Mexico as well, right? So... I'd like you guys to, to elaborate a little bit about your lives. Well, all right, y'all want me to go first? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, you know, I'm Mexican, you know. I'm not born here, you know. I'm born in Mexico, but I try to, like, keep it on the low because, you know, with, like, everything going on and mm-hmm. the way that I grew up and everybody's just like, if anybody asks you where you were born, say you were born here, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just like stays like that mm-hmm. even till now you know i kind of have to think about it you know like uh should i tell them or not but you know i came here when i was four so you know i didn't know no english at all mm-hmm. and i remember getting here and then my mom and dad taking me to school and then walking into that class everybody speaking a different language i didn't know mm-hmm. i felt like an outcast i'm like you know and i remember coming home one day and telling my mom like I don't like school I don't understand anything they're saying uh-huh. you know I have no friends and it was just hard for a while you know adapting to like something new you know a new language mm-hmm. a new way of like lifestyle you know and yeah. I mean I kind of grew into it you know and you know like other Mexicans like they call me weird because like since I'm not like I didn't grow up as like other Mexicans mm-hmm. they call me weird because I don't I don't really like Mexican music you know yeah. so yeah. they call me weird so <laughs> some things I picked up from like uh, my black friends or yeah. you know cause that's like my first friend that I made here was like light skin yeah. so you know his dad and I, we used to like play basketball a lot so I, I kinda grew into that you know into that culture yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, you know, I kind of adapted to that and grew into that. And so that's why uh, other Mexicans call me weird. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Nick? What's your experience? Um, me growing up, I was just raised by my mom and my grandma and grandpa. And uh, my father, He he's never been here. Like, he left before I was even born. So I've never really been into uh, the Mexican culture. And I've never been really been around it until, like, recently I met my aunt and my cousin. And, um... So when people ask, like, what ethnicity I am or race, and I tell them, they're like, oh, you don't speak Spanish? How how do you consider yourself Mexican if you don't speak Spanish? And I'm like, if you understood that I never grew up around anybody speaking Spanish with me, you would understand. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, and then just Mario, when you said, you know, you got to school and didn't understand anything, yeah. it brought back a real funny memory for me. My very first day in school, I got de lunch detention and I didn't know what that was. And so like the security guard would come and pull me out of the lunch line and I'd go back. As soon as he turned around, I'd go right back to the lunch line and I'd get my food and he'd take it away from me. <laughs> and it was just like a cat and mouse chase the entire lunch period. Yeah, but yeah, it's just it brought back those feelings as soon as you said that. Um, it's really hard to come into a different country and not understand the culture, and you really feel like you're on your own. Um, and so, thank you for for painting that picture. And then, shout out to all the single mothers over there. Um, yeah, it is tough raising kids mm -hmm. on your own. And so, we respect you, we love you, and we appreciate you. Right. I know I've done put my mom through a lot of stuff and I get on her nerves every day. But she's still here. Okay. Um now let's talk about the future. What does that look like for y'all? What what are your dreams and aspirations? Money. Mm -hmm. I want I want to I want to be able to not just make money and say that I have money. I want to be able to make money and know that no one's ever going to be able to take my house away from me cuz I don't have money or I'm always going to be able to have a roof over my head. And over, like, have kids and make sure that they're set and not move from house to house because we have to keep downgrading or get in new houses because we're not having enough money. Mm -hmm. And Yeah. Okay. What about you, Mario? What does that look like for you? Well, for me, you know, I kind of thought about this since everybody's always asking me. And I'm the youngest out of all four brothers. And, you know, I got a lot of weight on me. But, I like, thinking to myself, I think, for my future I just don't want to get old and then pay bills for the rest of my life mm. you know what I mean yeah, yeah. like I actually want to do something with like my life like I want to have like my voice heard you know I want to know I want people I want to let people know the way that I think you know mm -hmm. I just don't want to like feel like I'm the same as everybody else you know yeah. I want to stand out and do know? something different like yeah create your own path and yeah and do some like make money doing something that I like mm -hmm. not just to work and get money and not like what I'm doing you know yeah you know you know it's interesting uh, I was talking with uh, one of my professors who's been teaching for a long time at the University of Idaho um shout out to Mr. Bill Smith he uh was telling me that a lot of the students that came his way he could see that they were career driven not passion driven you know um, they went to school to get money. And then there were some students who went to school to seek the knowledge to to, to better themselves, you know? Um, I mean, honestly, money is the, the root, like, of, you know, a lot, a lot of people's main motivation is money. You need it to, you know, survive and pay bills and to exist. Yeah, I want to touch on that, too. Like, I'm not just saying I'm going to do anything, any job for money. I have to like what I'm doing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, it's just, um, it's interesting that um, we work eight to nine hours a day trying to pay bills. But a lot of people, including myself, you know, I work so much. But every day I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a vacation. I'm going to go and, and, and see the world. You know, I, I want to change the world, you know. And and the more you work, the, the, the faster that money's gone. It's it's interesting you know and i've been like trying to learn how to invest how to do all of these things budget do all of that but it's it really is um important to enjoy your life 
um, the next moment is not guaranteed, you know. And and if your legacy um, that you leave behind is gonna be work, 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 then you know that's one thing. But I I prefer to leave a legacy that uh, you know I changed something about this world. You know, I leave my mark here before I leave. Um, so yeah, I I really respect that about you two young men. Um, is there any any advice that you would give people out there? Uh, I don't know. Like I always tell myself this little quote in my head, you know, mm-hmm. for doing something, you know, it's like don't get burned by the same flame, mm-hmm. you know. Think before you act, you know, and make sure that you're like sure of what you're gonna do always. Okay, that's that's very interesting. Don't get burned by the by your flame. By the same flame. By the same flame. Uh, can you elaborate more on that? So like, don't get burned by the same flame is like. To me, like how I see it is like, if you messed up somewhere in your life and it became an issue and you know, you didn't learn from it and you do it again and you, like you back in where you started, you know, then you're getting burned by the same flame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Nick? Um, This ain't really with like a job or nothing, but it's like with school. Like I know that my freshman year and halfway through sophomore year, I had like two, two credits, three credits. So don't just don't just play and think that it's a joke. Cause now like I'm a senior and I need I'm gonna graduate this year and uh it's really about like if you're not liking your school or you're not liking what you're doing and you just want to drop out cause you don't like it like find something else cause you know that you're gonna need that education you need to do what you gotta do. Okay, appreciate that, and I'm gonna hold you to that in the classroom too, Nick. Remember that. Yeah, yeah. I'm still your teacher. <laughs> <laughs> but um you know and and I guess my piece of advice even though nobody asked for it I guess it would be um enjoy your life you know um a lot of us um it, we're so serious and 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 we work very hard to provide for ourselves and our families and um but really if 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 we don't live for these little happy moments you know then we're really missing out on life um we don't have a lot of time left on earth. Even our existence within itself, in the grand scheme of things, is not, you know, it's not that significant. Like when when it comes to time since earth started, depending on which, however long you believe it is, in the grand scheme of things, we've really existed just for a fraction of the time. So, you know, and think about your life and, and how long it spans. Please, please, please don't be too serious about everything. Enjoy life. Laugh, love, have fun. Um, and on that note, since we're uh, getting close to the end, um, I want to say thank you guys for your input. Um, now look f- uh, for more from us in November. Our next episode will be coming up then. Um, we will have more exciting guests on the show. Um, we are every fifth Wednesday of the month. Thank everybody for tuning in to Keeping It Real. This is a brand new radio show on cable. And this is Nikki D. This is Mario. And I am Aron. Join us next time. But until next time, keep, keep it, it real. Same time begin to pen mine. Appreciating God's design. Rewind system. Reminds me of a smile in the back of my memory. Wonder if I see her again. Will she remember me? I'm not trying to holler, I swear. I'm just weary of the way we hop a straight war zone detours. Hi, this is John Chuck, host of The Beloved Community, every second Friday at 9 a.m. on KBOO.
right after Positively Revolting. This Friday, February 9th, I speak with Glenn Montgomery. He's the executive director of the Vision Action Network of Washington County. The mission of the Vision Action Network is to engage stakeholders across sectors to collaboratively address critical issues in Washington County. And some of those issues we will discuss include income inequality, cultural diversity, and housing and houselessness. I will take your phone calls as we work together to build the beloved community. This Friday, February 9th at 9 a.m. on KBOO. KBOO Community Radio is proud to co-sponsor the Portland performance of Soliloquists of Sound and Marvellous and We Tribe on Friday, February 9th at Mississippi Studios in Portland. This show is a co-headlined evening of psychedelic and funky conscious hip-hop from Florida and Portland. Their intention for this show is to help unify communities and to raise consciousness towards social and political issues here in the U.S. and around the world. Again, that's Soliloquists of Sound and Marv Ellis and We Tribe on Friday, February 9th at Mississippi Studios, 3939 North Mississippi Avenue in Portland. This is a 21 and over event. More information is available at kboo.fm on the right-hand side of the homepage under 